prayer. The very idea seems audacious. Revolutionary. Full of wonder and mystery. An invitation to speak to God. To seek. To knock. To ask. Like a little child climbing into father's arms, prayer is an intimate and personal experience. It's about opening your heart to a loving God, a good father, the one who truly knows you and truly loves you. Prayer is trusting him with your worries and fears, your hopes and dreams, your needs and desires. It's about carrying all life's burdens, big and small, before the throne of God and resting in the limitless peace of His extravagant grace. So pray without ceasing. Pray for each other as you would pray for yourself and praise Him for His faithfulness because there is power in prayer. How's your prayer life? If you were to be evaluated, uh, say the, the brightest minds of all of the greatest universities, these Ivy League schools came in, and for every Christian, they did a, a searching, a polling of self. And they said, hey, listen, I would like for you to come in and sit in the pastor's office, and what we're going to do is we're going to rewind the tape from January of this year to today, and want to measure your prayer life in the measurement of your faith. Would they deem your faith worthy? I, I think the real issue is this. While we may be at least a little bit off-put by that kind of thing, how much more so God in heaven, who has so much in reserve for us, must desire that we speak to him more than we do. You ever wonder if God is really God of the Bible, if he really is who he says he is, if he really is alive, how much he must miss time with us. Just crave it. I, I feel this as a father, uh, that when my kids were little, they could do nothing but hang out with us. And now my kids are getting older, and that's not as much fun for them anymore. And I've talked to my parents about this, and they will guarantee you that it gets worse over time, that you crave time with them. Let's go back in our faith journey a little bit. When we first came to know Christ, how we wanted to spend time with him. Maybe at those times you had a good quiet time with the Lord. Maybe even a, a journal. But you would certainly say you probably prayed more then. But now at this point in your faith walk, you may be going, well, I pray over my food. You know, I, surely God must be okay with that, right? What if God wanted more time with you so that he could change the world around you more than he is today? I've often thought the world changes the older I get. When I was young, and maybe like most of you, there was things that were just pretty ordinary and simple as kids, wasn't there? Like, 
you woke up in the morning and breakfast was on the table. Now as an adult, if I don't put breakfast on the table, breakfast isn't on the table. Right? I mean, let's just be honest. Everything that we thought was ordinary as a kid, like the lights work in our house or the air conditioner worked or the grass was always mowed. Now we have to do that. Thank the Lord I've got teenagers and they can do that now. Praise the Lord. That is the true joy, Lord. Thank you for that. In a sea of other things, that is good. Um, but, I mean, we get it, right? Things change with our perspective. Things change with time. And I think things change in time and prayer that most people never crack through. How is it that people weather the worst things in life, the storms of life, and come through okay? How is it that people of faith, if we were really being honest in this room, well, I'll let you see it. I want us to be real for a moment in the room. And there's, there's people that are watching online. Hey, guys, they're, they're going to be real in their living rooms or watching later on YouTube. But I, I want you to do this with me right where you are. Have you ever had a time in your life that you would say you were going through something unbearable? Raise your hand. You've gone through something unbearable. Okay, how many of you would say that because the Lord went with you, you made it through? Okay, do you feel that for a second with me? If the Lord changes our perspective, if the Lord changes our vision of things, why don't we want to spend more time with him? If God is really good, as the scriptures say, if he really is life-changing, wouldn't we want to spend as much time with that kind of God as possible? I mean, listen, y'all have heard me say this many times from the stage. I love my wife. And I'll just tell you, I like spending time with her more than any other person on the planet. I mean, the best celebrity could walk in the room, but they're okay. She is my best. Like, I want to spend time with her. I love that woman. Like, she tolerates me. That's a win, Lord. That's another good one. Um, but... I just got to say, I want to spend time with her, and when I can't, I, I mourn that spiritually inside. I think the Lord creates that in us with a mate. And so I mourn time when I'm not with her. But I have a God who is great, rich in love, full of mercy, completely loves me even though he knows the mess I am, and I don't spend enough time with him. Do you see it yet? God is calling us. He's yearning for us to come spend time with him. And he invites you into the most amazing thing. Two things. An audience with him and his words back to you. I just bought a brand new Bible. I had to, by the way, because the more I preached, the more the words kept getting smaller and smaller. I don't, I don't know what happened there. It's a trick. I think my stats changing out my Bibles for smaller print. But I did notice this with a brand new Bible, and maybe you have as well. Like when you go to turn the pages, I'm not magic. That's just stuck together, okay? Um, but it does it every so often. And I started to think my, my Bible I've been preaching it with doesn't do that. And the reason it doesn't do that is because I've, I've used those pages. And I haven't used that page yet. Now I have. It doesn't do that anymore. But is our prayer life stuck together? Because we haven't been using it. We haven't been using that muscle. Those of y'all that are gym rats, you realize when you use a new muscle, it hurts for a while, doesn't it? 
because it's that new muscle. You can't quite figure out how did that get there. And I can tell you if you're not a gym rat, just go work in our preschool area for a Sunday. They will find that muscle for you. You'll reach down for them. You'll pick them up and go, that's new. And that new muscle will be there for you. But that's how prayer works. It's a muscle. And you may say, I've tried, Kyle. I've tried to pray, tried to be consistent. Keep going. The strongest people are not people that went to the gym once. The strongest people are those that keep going back. They keep concentrating. They keep lifting. And that's the muscle you and I have to create in prayer. It's to start small, and I get it. You may say, I can't pray like Grant prayed up here on the stage. That's okay. Start small. Start with just real moments. I tell this all the time to people. God is not interested in how well you speak. He's interested in your heart. So you can bring him everything, and he's okay. He is a big God. He's got you. You don't have to be perfect in your prayer life. You don't have to pray in King James even though that is awesome when people do so, pray your prayer. Pray the real heart of who you are. Pray like Psalms 100. You ever had a moment where you feel like you could just run and just never stop? You're so excited. God has done something big, and you just don't know how to even say it. You're just like, God, you're so good. Woo! Psalms 100. Psalms 100 says this, let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God, which by the way, is just like a foreknowledge of something to come. Because even today, the whole earth is not shouting triumphantly to God. Some people are, are cursing God, some people are pushing him away, but they will. They will, all knees will bow, as scripture says, and all tongues will confess that God is who he is. They're gonna do it. It will happen, and let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good, and his faithful love endures forever, his faithfulness through all generations. This is one of those moments that if you want to know how to pray in those moments that things are good, and certainly we'll get to different levels of prayer, but it starts with one thing. It's the whole acknowledgement of who God is. We have to start with this acknowledgement that God is God, and he is on his throne. There's times where this is harder to acknowledge than others. It's hard to acknowledge that God is on his throne when you're in the pits, isn't it? Because you want to know where he's at. And I can tell you where he's at. He's on the throne. He is king. He's always going to be king. Here's the crazy part about this. Any of y'all ever seen the Pope Mobile? You know what I'm talking about? It's the car that has the dome on it. Pope rides around in it, waves at people. You can't get to him, but you can wave at him. God's throne moves to where you are, but it never changes its lofty status. God is always going to be God. He is always going to be king of all kings and lord of all lords. The best part about that is you have access to his throne room. And you have complete access at all times. With big 
and with small requests, he will take them all. It's the best part about who God is. Is that God loves us so much that he lets us into himself even when we're messed up and jacked up. Because we can't clean ourselves. You and I spiritually cannot clean ourselves off. We can try. We can act good. We can play a part. We can show up to church and, and look a certain way. But only God can clean us. And so you don't have to be clean to come to him. He'll do the cleaning. You just have to come to him. He is a king. You know the amazing thing about singing to God, about being thankful, about praying the Psalms, in particular Psalms 100, is there's this moment of personal shifting that takes place. We all need to be serving in some way the Lord. And some of you are doing it, but you do it as though you're dragging your feet behind you like you were drugged to church as a kid. But see, gladness is a choice in your serving. You and I have a choice in our service. We can be glad in it, or we can be begrudging. We can drag our feet, or we can leap for him. And I don't know if y'all have ever seen somebody that serves with sadness. But it's the one thing, maybe perhaps the largest reason, growing up I did not like church. Now, don't get me wrong, I love to sing I love to hear the sermons. I have to say that because my dad watches. Dad, I loved your sermons. Um, no, I, I mean, I loved growing up as a preacher's kid to my dad. Because my dad was a real dude. Um, dad was an accountant um, who went to ministry. Um, left behind a life of luxury for a life of service. And did so joyfully. And did it with gladness. And it, it, it affected our whole lives. But I want to say this about it. Just because he did it with gladness didn't mean it was always a place that made him glad. Neither is your service always going to make you glad. Your service is not going to pat you on the back. But neither did Jesus' cross. He served with gladness for us so that we could learn to serve with gladness for him. Willfully, joyfully in service. So in this Psalms 100, we we get this acknowledgement that God is who God is and that we get this choice to serve him in gladness. And then look what it says, verse 3. Acknowledge the Lord is God. He made us. We are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. True happiness comes from knowing or true happiness comes from acknowledging who God is. We we get our greatest seed of joy when, when we acknowledge who God is. He is God. And when we kind of get that perspective, it changes us to being joyful people. You may go, okay, Kyle, I, listen, I, I'll say that I've acknowledged God, but it doesn't make me happy. And I would tell you this, wait. Just wait. Just wait because there is coming a time where it's going to change your story. It's going to change you from being somebody that just take knows about God to somebody that falls in love with God. You're not writing him letters anymore. He's in your living room. It shifts when we acknowledge him for who he is because when we do that, the things change around us. There was this one Sunday morning where I'd asked the Rafes to come and do an announcement. Uh, They dressed as the pits, and if you've never seen them dressed as the pits, uh, we'll do it again sometime. You need to see them as the pits. 
But here's the funny thing. It had just come at a time where our security measures had kind of amped up a little bit in our services. The only problem is our security team did not know that the pits were coming to church. And so they got up and we're about to do an announcement and they began to walk in the doors. And you could just see the look on the security team's faces of it's about to go down in the sanctuary. And so I, I didn't kind of pick up on that. I was like, oh, yeah, we know what's going on. And after the service, uh, my team comes and goes, hey, uh, next time you do something like that, would you let us know? Because that was really stressful. And I was like, oh, right, right, right. I'm sorry. Sorry for that. I'll always let you know when I'm going to have a special guest walk in the door. And so that Sunday, as I'm welcoming in the pits, I'm experiencing greatness. But my team is experiencing sadness and loss and fear. And for too many people, they see God as those three things when those of us that have acknowledged God in our lives are experiencing greatness. What side of that are you on today? Are you experiencing the fullness of God speaking over your life and moving you in your life? Or are you experiencing the fear that comes with knowing if God is really real, I'm in so much trouble. I had a best buddy. We rode bikes all over this little town called Crosbyton, Texas. We decided that we were going to go to the grocery store in town. Now, mind you, Sundown has like the same amount of people as my neighborhood has here in Amarillo. That's it. So we decided to go in there, and we were going to steal some action figures from the toy section of the grocery store. I think they were both probably like 50 cents each. We didn't have 50 cents each. We're just kids riding bikes, but we wanted to play with something. So we decided to go in. We went into the side. We grabbed our action figures. We walked around the store like we were shopping. Because there's nothing like seeing seven-year-olds on bikes coming in to shop for something. You're like, "Mm, oh, look at that. Cream of wheat. Oh, good price. That's a good price. And all of a sudden, we left behind the outer wrappers and had our toys in hand. We walked around. We acted like we were somebody. And we started heading towards the door. About that time, the the manager stepped forward and goes, hello, boys. We're like, hey, how are you? And he goes, how are those toys treating y'all? And I was like, what toy? (laughs) I'm a magician. Um, And he's like, those toys, y'all come with me. And we went to his office. It was in the back of the grocery store. You walked upstairs. And then we realized there's mirrors all along the top of the back of the grocery store where he watched us steal the toys. He goes, "Um, son, I don't know who you are. Hello, Kyle. How are you? Stay right there. Son, give me your parents' number. And he calls them and he calls my dad. And in comes my friend's parents. And they say, we'll take him with us. And they're walking him out and kind of going, you know better than this. You know that. And they walk out. And then my dad comes in, and he goes, hey, um, how much were the toys? And I think the manager said like $1.35 with tax. And he goes, got any boxes that Kyle can break to earn that back? He goes, yeah. He goes, I'll be back for him later. Have fun, son. And out the door he went. As a kid, I remember thinking, my dad hates me. Like, My friend's dad probably took him out for ice cream and had a nice long talk about not stealing stuff. My dad's going, break boxes. So I stood out there for hours, probably like 10 minutes, hours 
breaking boxes and crying and being mad. Manager came and got me. He goes, I think you've done enough. Come on inside. And set me down on the steps leading up to his office and gave me a Coke. He said, you earned that. Your dad's coming back to get you here in just a minute. He said, what did you learn? He said, I don't want to break boxes for a living. <laughs> he said, that's right. That's good. He goes, you got a good dad. And I was like, huh. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I was mad. My dad came back and he goes, get in the car. And I was like, I don't know if y'all have that kind of dad. Get in the car meant dead man walking, dead man walking, right? And I was like, get in the car. Oh, no. I was hoping to say, ride your bike home. But no, bike went in the back of the car. I got in, shut the door, and my dad went, vroom. I've learned as a parent, that's I don't want to kill my child, Lord. <sighs> he looked at me and he said, you ever going to steal again? I said, <laughs> and he's like, okay. He said, you ever going to steal again? I said, no, sir. He goes, that's good. He said, let's go home. Now, an unloving dad would have ended there. But my dad loved me. And so what did my dad do when we got home? Gave me a spanking. Because the boxes weren't enough. Did I steal again? <laughs> no. Because listen, I, I'm taller than my dad now. I, I'd like to think that I'm physically strong as my dad at this point, even though his hands are man hands and I got my mom's. Um, <laughs> but, don't judge. Um, <laughs> but at this point in life, now I'm going to be like, um, but at this point in life, I'd like to think I could hold my own. But if I was ever around my dad, and he went, or he did the, <clears throat> I, I would cry. I'm pretty sure I would, I've got kids of my own. I would be like, <laughs> what did I do? Um, but I learned a lesson that day. That a loving father is not something to be feared, but something to learn from. But an unloving world, a, a world that doesn't ever get it, doesn't see the father from that side. But I did that day. I didn't like I got spankings. I didn't like that I was grounded. And I did not like that to break boxes. But I didn't steal. The question is this of us. We have a loving father who stands at the door waiting to see if we will get this. And I can promise you the same things that my dad exhibited is what God does with us. He's going to have you learn from your mistakes. He's going to want to not to kill you, even though sin deserves death. And he may have to discipline you, but he's going to lead you back to his heart. My dad today can say, you know what my son didn't become? A thief. Because I trained him not to be. And he did. Prayer is the ability to listen to a father's voice. If my dad gave me licks that day and then never talked to me again, my life would be different. But he didn't stop parenting me then. He kept going. That is prayer. Some of you feel like you've been locked in timeout for way too long. And you have a loving God who's sitting there going, talk to me. Talk. I'm right here. 
And you're going, I can't hear you, la, 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 you're not a good dad, la, 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 la. But even this morning, you already told him he's a good father. You showed up, you worshiped him. You're sitting through the worst sermon ever, and you still love him. Praise happens everywhere in God's presence. It shows up everywhere. It didn't show up just in here. It shows up when you go to work tomorrow. It shows up when you go out to eat today. It shows up as you walk out to the parking lot. Praise shows up where people are listening to God. Are you a person of praise? Here's the last thing. As the writer in Psalms 100 writes, in verse 4 he says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. And listen to what it says. For the Lord is good, and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Thankfully, and in all my heart, I'm thankful. Thankfully that his love endures. Aren't you thankful? That in despite of all of us and all of our stubbornness and all of our, our evil and our anger and our dirtiness, God's love endures despite us. And your story may not look like mine, but I can tell you my story is messy. Of all the times I should have followed God but didn't. Of all the times I should have acknowledged him and didn't. Of all the times I should have been talking to him but listened to myself. And his love endures. His love endures for you. So let me give you a quick test again. I believe that the Lord hears us even when we don't belong to him. Here's the problem. If you don't belong to him, you can't hear his voice. Because his sheep know his voice. So let me ask you a question. In all of your time of praying, and I don't believe with all of me that there's some magic that I could give you that all of a sudden you're going to be standing there and hear God go, Hello. If so, he's going to talk like James Earl Jones and we're all going to know it's him. Instead, I believe this with all of my heart. People that follow after God hear him in their hearts. He drives them forward. He leads them and he speaks to them. And if you have not heard that, my question is, do you know him? Because he desires to speak to you. How do we know it's him? He gave us the transcript to understand him. If it's a voice that doesn't answer to this, it's not him. He's never contrary to his word. But let me ask you this. Have you ever heard from him at all? Prayer is not a one-sided thing. Prayer is two-sided. It's a conversation. And God is more audible than you will be. Try it. I promise you he'll speak more than you do. But at some point you got to start the conversation. And maybe today it's this, you're not going through something bad, you're going through something great, and you're thankful. Psalms 100. How great is that to just say, let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. I will do that. How about you? To hear his voice, we have to be his. Have you given your everything to God and become his? Are you fully his, his children, the sheep of his pasture? To do that, we have to acknowledge who Jesus is. We have to give him our lives. 
and we have to depend upon him. Today, do you know him? If not, today is your day. I've got some friends who are going to join me here in just a second. They're going to be all over this space. And we would love to talk to you about how to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you've never done so, today is your day. So I would love to invite you into that conversation. Maybe today is your first time in a long time to simply start that conversation again with the Lord and pray. Maybe that's your day, and I hope it's your day today, that you start that conversation again with the Lord. He is always there, and he wants to speak to you today. So let's pray to him. Father God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for my friends in this room. Lord, we just declare that you are God. You are who you say you are. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would speak into hearts. God, that you would speak into this room. And, God, that you would lead us and guide us. You're such a good God. Lord, despite who we are, you are awesome. And, Lord, we need you. So, Lord, speak over us now. We pray this in the name and power of Jesus Christ. Amen. So now it's your time to worship Jesus, to pray that Psalms 100 prayer. Why don't you stand with us? And as we sing, you come. Come and pray. Come and find out how you can know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You ready? Let's worship him.